this uh, wonderful song of praise from Mary in Luke chapter 1. It's known as the Magnificat, and it comes from this word to, to magnify. My soul magnifies the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced. Actually, it's a present continuous. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This burst of praise, Elizabeth, uh, Mary goes to see Elizabeth, and um, then there's this wonderful fellowship. Um, the baby, we looked at this last Sunday night, uh, John the Baptist there, in the womb, only six months in the womb, he, he leaps for joy, stirred by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Elizabeth gives her burst of praise, who am I? that the mother of my Lord should come to visit me. Blessed is she who has believed that it will be fulfilled what the Lord has said to her. And in response, Mary now gives her song, her burst of praise. And uh, those verses 46 to 47, this burst of praise, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. We'll think particularly on those verses tonight, uh, God willing. But just to say at the outset, it is right we have a balanced view about this blessed woman, Mary. We can swing from one wild excess and then come right back to another wild excess. We need to get it right. Mary has no merit to give to you and I. Uh, she was blessed by God because she needed to be blessed by God. But listen now, she is unique amongst womankind. There are 8 billion alive on planet Earth right now and maybe another 8 to 10 billion who lived in uh, modern history. And uh, so 8 billion women and she. She was blessed by being the one who would bear uh, the Son of God. But there are parts of Christendom that go to a wild excess and say, well, she was so uh, wonderful that uh, she can give uh, blessings to others. No, well, well she, she cannot. You see, Mary herself says here, she needed a saviour. She needed a saviour. But in response to this uh, deification of Mary, we can go to the other extreme and make very, very little of the grace of God in her. But what a position. How blessed she really was. But she did need a saviour. She did need a saviour. She recognised that the child in her womb was the saviour of the world. Blessed because she was needy in the same way that each and every one of us here is. But more on that uh, tonight, the initial verses there, verses 46 and 47, I want to look at tonight in, in greater detail. But now maybe more of an overview of the Magnificat. And uh, we've got in verses 48 and 49, uh, three fours that are brought out here. Why does she magnify the Lord? Why is she rejoicing in God, her Saviour? And she says, for, F-O-R, three times. For, he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For, behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For, he who is mighty 
has done great things for me and holy is his name. Mary is remembering and recognizing and realizing all that God has done for her. So the first four here is in verse 48. For he, that's God, her Savior and her Lord, has regarded the lowly state of his maid servant. He has regarded. God from glory has regarded Mary. And we can enter into this, if you're a believer here this morning, uh, the Christian's blessed estate is this, that God from the realms of glory has actually regarded you and me. That's an amazing thing. You think of his infinity. There is no limit to this being. Dwelling in triune splendor. You think of the magnificence of creation and the, the known universe and this latest telescope is probing even further back and finding more and more incredible treasures and wonders and God is beyond all of that. Infinite. No boundary to God. And yet Mary can say, He has regarded me. And if you're a Christian, you can say the same. You can enter into this magnificat. Why should you magnify the Lord? Uh, why should you rejoice this morning? Well, because this divine being has regarded you. And the word regard is a, a wonderful Greek word, ek, ep, ep, epiblepo. Uh, blepo is to, to look and epi is upon, to, to look upon. And it's not a brief thing. You can catch a glimpse of something, maybe, oh, I thought I caught a glimpse of so-and-so. No, this is to gaze and uh, to look. And yes, to regard in such a way that you think upon, uh, uh, to gaze. And he does this. Mary says, he's done it to me. If you're a Christian, he's done it to you. He has regarded my plight. And so he's looking with, with pity. Mary says he's looking with pity on me. Do we have hearts of compassion? Um, you can't walk through Queen Street and down St. Mary Street and around the Hayes without seeing great, great needs. And you meet people there who actually live in doorways. And they live in little tents that they've made. And they claim their little patch and they leave their little bundle there. And uh, you and I can walk by. Walk by. He regards from glory and he looks in, in pity. And there's just human need that we might see. Then we think, well, what can I do? And, and some are moved to actually do something about it. There's a, a young girl in St. Mel, well, not so young anymore. Uh, she was a missionary in Brazil, uh, working with street children for about 10 years. She came back, um, is it two years ago now, just over a year? I, I lose track of time. With, with COVID, it distorts time and space, doesn't it? But uh, 
Anyway, she's back in Cardiff now, member at St. Melons, and she is working amongst the, the homeless in, in Cardiff, and so she's out on, on the streets. And uh, So she's moved to do something, not just to, to pity, but to, to do something. And there's God in eternity. And Mary says, oh, he's regarded, what has is, what is he regarded? My pitiful estate, my, my humble estate, for he has regarded the lowly state of his, his maid servants, uh, her lowly state. Um, again, the Greek word lowly means uh, he's regarded my humiliation, He's regarded my vileness. This is Mary speaking now. This is what the Greek word means. Far from being able to convey some merit on me, she needs merit from God. It's our only hope that he would regard us and look upon us, and he has done. Mary says he's regarded me. Has he regarded you? Are you aware he set his love upon you? Mary's overwhelmed by it. Because he's looking at me, he's regarding me, he's going to bless me, not because I have any merit, but even in my vileness, we thought about Santa Claus and uh, the children are out now, aren't they? Just looking around. Need to be careful, because I don't want to spoil the wonder. Do you still believe? Do you still believe in Santa? No? He just gives gifts to the good children. And if you've been naughty, my mum used to threaten me, he's going to bring you cinders. I was really worried. I was really worried. And I try and be good to merit something. <laughs> but Mary says, he's regarded my vile estate and he hasn't brought me cinders oh what a savior what a savior this is the wonder of the gospel he's regarding my vileness my humiliation my spiritual poverty which causes me to lament for my moral guilt he from the realms of glory has looked with pity on my lowly estate, my spiritual bankruptcy, my mess, my filthy rags. You see, some here might say, well, you know, I think Mary was a very, very wonderful lady. And, you know, compared, see, when we compare ourselves to each other, we, we can come off quite well. You know, I could, I don't know where I would rank myself in the membership of the church here. I mean, I might be. See, I, mean, I don't know you all that well, but what do you think about me? I don't know. What do you think about me? If we ranked each other, who's at the top, who's at the bottom? You know, in, in human conduct. And where would Mary come as a, a, you know, a fine human being? But Mary says, well, no, I know my own heart. And Mary knew the Old Testament very, very well. And Isaiah 64, verse 6, makes it very plain. All our righteous acts. Think of the very best thing that you have done. If you brought out this morning, if we came up here to the pulpit one by one, 
We're able to say, you know, what's your best endeavor of the day yesterday? All right, you haven't had too long today. Uh, best act of the day yesterday, and you could parade it. And uh, you might have done some very, very wonderful things, but uh, Isaiah says, inspired by the Spirit, all our best acts are like filthy rags compared to him and his righteousness that blazes like the sun. And Mary says, I'll tell you why I'm rejoicing, because he's regarded my lowly estate, my vileness, and yet, and yet, He's still blessing me. He's still blessing me. What an amazing, amazing thing. Do, can we enter in to this Magnificat ourselves? And he goes on to say, the second four, despite my vileness, behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. All generations will call me blessed. Now then. Again, a lovely Greek word again, blessed. It's such a rich language, that the Greek language. And um, the Greek word is makarios, blessed. You could say happy, but it's more than happy. It's more than just an outward exuberance. It's an inner settled position, uh, blessed, makarios. Although many do translate it uh, happy, happy. Remember in my younger days, my, my dad was born in Athens, and uh, we, um, I had a grandfather in Cyprus and a grandmother in, in Greece. They divorced in the Second World War and both remarried. Granddad went to Cyprus. Grandma stayed in Athens. And uh, in, in Cyprus there at the time, when I was uh, a youngster, early teens, there was uh, a leader in Cyprus. You probably remember his name. He was an archbishop. And he was the most misnamed archbishop you know, names should actually reflect the... Per I mean, my name's Andrew, it means manly, and it fits, okay? But the Archbishop in Cyprus is called Makarios, which means happy. He was the most miserable guy you could ever, ever see or imagine. All dressed in black and a straggly grey beard and a terrible scowl. And uh, Archbishop Makarios, there, there he was. But it means happy, and blessed, and Mary says, despite my vile estate, I've been regarded by God Almighty, and I have been truly made happy. I have been truly blessed. And it's the same for every believer. When we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, oh, what a blessed people we are. There's a hymn, isn't there? Um, uh, our blessed estate. Who, who might we envy? Uh, I would not change my blessed estate for all the world calls good or great. And I can't remember the, the rest of the verse, but it's a wonderful, wonderful hymn. Uh, another one that was often sung at uh, Billy Graham Crusades. I don't know if it's in our supplement. Um, you know the one, I'd rather have Jesus. than silver or gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. Is that, is that true? Because if we grasp the gospel, if I understand who I am, that He's regarded my vile estate, all the joy, <laughs> all the many blessednesses that I have in Christ, and I envy not the sinner's God. Wouldn't mind having some, all right? I, not against it. 
And if you have any spare, I don't mind you giving me something at the door. I really, if you want to offload some. But that's not the issue. I'd rather have Jesus. I wouldn't swap places. I don't know if, I'm not making any statement about the spiritual state of Elon Musk, but with his, um, is it 200 billion pounds? It's a lot of money, isn't it? Is he a believer? If he's not, I wouldn't swap. Would you swap? Would you swap? If you're a believer, you'd never swap. That was the problem with Judas. 30 pieces of silver was enough to swap. I wouldn't swap my blessed estate. I could not. I've been truly blessed. Now, how, how does it happen? She goes on with the third four here, verse 49. For, this is why I'm really rejoicing, this is how I'm blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. For he who is mighty, the root word is uh, what we get our dynamite from. Uh, for he who is dynamite has done great things for me. And this word great is mega. So he who is dynamite has done mega things for me. She's contemplating the message of the angel that that which is in her has been put there by God the Holy Spirit and this would be the saviour of the world. And this is why she is blessed. If ever I'm to be converted and get to heaven, it begins with me understanding I'm vile, I'm a sinner. Unless I can understand that, I will never see the need of a saviour. If I think I'm goody-goody two-shoes and deserve something from Father Christmas this Christmas, then I'm never going to seek a saviour. I'll always keep trying and holding out my stocking or my sack. But once I recognise I am vile, there's no hope in Father Christmas for me. I need the reality. I need a merciful saviour who pities my vile estate. And despite my sinners regarding my lowly estate and my vileness and my sin and my filthy rags that I from time to time hold up, and despite that, yet he invades time and space in order to give me forgiveness of sins and peace with God and eternal life and a place in heaven. And Mary has grasped this. She's gone from recognizing her vile estate to actually believing. And that's what uh, Elizabeth says there at the end of her song in verse 45. Blessed, happy, makarios is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. If you believe the gospel, that is a rich blessing to you. It's a blessing to Mary. But not only for me, says Mary, but it goes much broader than that. Verse 50. And his mercy, the mercy of God, isn't only on me, says Mary. It's on all those who fear him from generation to generation. This experience of Mary was mine at the age of 19. And there ought still to be a Magnificat in my heart. You can each remember a day, for many of you here, when you came to know God, not as your judge, 
that has passed now in Jesus Christ. It can never, ever return because in Jesus Christ my sins are gone. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free and in my heart a song buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. Is it good enough for you? I shall live eternally. Praise God, my sins are, are gone. In Jesus Christ, all our sins are gone. Somehow, this has got wrapped up on a little... It's got a knot tied around. There we are. The wonder and the glory of what happened to Mary dawned on her. She rejoices. Same for us 2,000 years later. Not just for me, but for all who fear him from generation to generation. Again, look, it's worth having a, a Greek-English interlinear because this word fear, what's it mean to fear God? The Greek word's very descriptive, phobos. You know, when you have a phobia, some people don't like spiders. Some people don't like mice or rats. There's a, a, a phobia and a recoiling and a fear. Well, we need to have a right fear of God. Fear Him, you saints, and you will then have nothing else to fear a right fear of God. Jesus Christ speaking to a great crowd of people said, uh, don't fear those who can kill the body. And after that, there's nothing more they can do. But I'll tell you who you should fear. Fear him who after the killing of the body can cast your soul into hell. Yeah, I tell you, you should fear him, the ultimate judge of the whole earth. And once you've come to see who he is and have a right fear for him, then putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can know rich blessing from the Lord. It's for all people, all times, here and now, for you and for me, for young and for old, to know this blessing of sins forgiven. Hear the Lord Jesus Christ now in Luke chapter 11. Some wonderful, wonderful words here. Luke eleven twenty-seven, and then on to 28. And it happened, as he, that's Jesus, spoke these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the woman who bore you. That's Mary. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Yes, and, and they do. And they still do. She was blessed. And that's acknowledged. It's acknowledged still today. The prophecy is true all generations will call me blessed. But hear what Jesus Christ says in response. But he, Jesus, said, now listen now, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So he acknowledges that his mother is blessed, but he tells you, I'll tell you something more and better. More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and believe it. And believe it. We enter into that level of blessing and more than that. Who are we here this morning? Look at verse uh, 52 and 53. He, that's God, has put down the mighty from their thrones 
and exalted the lowly, that same word, that lowliness, humility. He has filled the hungry, spiritually hungry, with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. You could win 161 million on the lottery and still be completely empty. But you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And let me add this. Keep on looking to him and you will know a satisfaction the world can never possibly take away. Let's come on to the essence of this saving power. Verse 51. How can we know what it is to be saved? He, that's God, has shown strength with his arm. He has shown strength with his arm. The saving power of God. Salvation is not a handout that's come from some source that God had already laid up in eternity and uh, he just hands something out to us in time and space. Here, here they are in, in, in their need. Well, I, I have something in eternity past and I, I can bring it and I can, I can bless them. No, no, no. He, he had to work to save you and me, there had to be a display of his, his power. Um, for he has shown strength with his arm. And this, this Greek word strength, kratos. Uh, and kratos, the kraton, was a, the Greek god of war. The personification of divine strength. He had a brother called Nike, which uh, means uh, victory. But uh, salvation is the work of God's God's arm. It's the arm of, of our strength. Remember on boys' camp? I think I was 32 and I was chaplain on boys' camp. And down in West Wales, it was a wet afternoon, sat in the marquee. We thought we'd have a, a game. I was pretty good at arm wrestling. I thought I could take on all these lads. So I sat and one by one they, they came. And, and, uh, and then... There was a, a lad, Steve Williams, still remember that gaze in his eye. He sat down opposite me. And my arm still troubles me today. <laughs> All right? And I remember because my arm still has got a certain ache. Something happened that day as I tried to resist that power as uh, he pushed my arm down. He's quite a well-built young man, but his arm of strength certainly defeated me. And God didn't just speak forgiveness of sins. When it comes to creation, the universe, it's a massive, mighty, spectacular display. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He did it by speaking. He spoke out the whole universe and 100,000 million stars in our galaxy, the Milky Way, about 200,000 million other known galaxies and billions of light years of distance. And God in his power does it by speaking. But he couldn't save you and me by speaking. He had to use his arm there. Something had to be uh, done. Um, time's moving on, but lots of verses 
uh, in the Bible about the arm of the Lord and, and his strength. Here's uh, Psalm 98 and uh, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He's laid bare his holy arm. Isaiah and chapter 52. Isaiah 52 and verse 10. Getting there. Isaiah 52 and verse 10. The Lord has made bare his holy arm. In the eyes of the nations, all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. Isaiah 53 and verse 1. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Here's, here's the gospel. Uh, God doesn't just speak salvation. He has to work. God so loved the world. So the problem is sin and sin must be dealt with. And the wages of sin is death. There is a hell Oh, don't fear him who can kill the body and then do more. No more. I tell you who you should fear. Fear him who after death has the power to cast you into hell. Yeah, fear him. And fear him, ye saints, and you'll have nothing else to fear but to save you and I from hell. You see, the wages have to be settled. And so he regards my helpless estate and in pity... As a counsel, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, sin must be paid for. And the Son volunteers. We don't know the exact order. Does the Father ask the Son? Does the Son volunteer? Does the Spirit intervene? What is the order here? But we know the Father sends the Son. And the Son willingly comes. And this is the incarnation. That lovely Carol by, by James Hughes, going to the, from the fall and the garden, the first promise. But the first promise reveals that plan from eternity. And where did God's pity start? Oh, he pitied us from before the foundation of the world. There's a wonderful section in Proverbs chapter 8 that before creation, the Son of God distracted in looking and regarding you and I. Uh, Jesus Christ from before the foundation of the world, looking at you and I here this morning in Heath Evangelical Church. Have you been saved yet? Have you been saved yet? He's looking at you. And of course, Father, I will go. And the, the virgin is prepared and the Holy Spirit visits her womb and the seed is planted and the nine months pass by and uh, he's born and uh, we're going to be learning about that and the shepherds singing, the wise men uh, arriving and uh, oh he lived he lived he didn't stop being God he's the God man he's Emmanuel God with us according to prophecy and he came to take away our sin he does it by doing two things of course he lives the perfect life you can't live to get to heaven I need a perfect life the standard will not be reduced and then he dies the death that I deserve in my place condemned he stood sealed my pardon with his blood he died but death couldn't hold him death hangs on to sinners he rose again victorious over death hell sin and the devil and the holy spirit now comes and he's at work and these things would mean nothing to you and i at all 
Well, there might be a nod towards religion. You might say, I like the architecture. I enjoy the carols and the hymns. I enjoy the, uh, the, the ambience and the, the friendship there. But Jesus Christ would mean nothing to you. You'd have religion, but no reality. But the Holy Spirit comes, he says, these things are true. He gives you life. And you understand your vile estate and the condemnation you deserve. And then you're shown Jesus, the salvation of God. The God-man who came and lived and died and rose again. And you repent of what you are and you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you come to know salvation. Oh, says Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord. The way to be saved, to see your vileness and to see the wonder of God's salvation. Has that happened to you yet? If not, why not? It can happen to you right here and right now. Is the Holy Spirit wooing you? Have you found a new spark of life? Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ now, this Christmas time. What a wonderful time to be saved. At the time of the remembering the incarnation. Don't leave it till tonight. Don't leave it till tomorrow. You can't guarantee another hour, never mind another day. If he's calling you, I tell you, that call comes from the depths of eternity past. And it's laying hold on you here in this little building on the 11th of December, 2022. Don't go out the door without him. And you will find, as Mary found 2,000 years ago, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this brief time. In your word, thank you for all that you did for, for Mary. But thank you for those words from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed more, blessed rather, are those who not only hear the word of God, but believe it. Help us, O oh, Father, and as your people, to keep on gazing at Jesus that the little things of this world would fade, the dominant reality of eternity might overshadow all that we say and think and do, permeate, as the hymn put it, all we say and think and do. To God be the glory, we pray. Amen. I forgot the last hymn that I chose. Oh, yes. Is it well with your soul this morning? It can be through simply trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll sing this hymn together.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen.